0: The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com
1: From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, March 7, 2019, and this is The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com Hi, hello, my name is Bob Hello, Bob Hi, I don't know why I'm talking like that Alright, coming up in today's show it's the Goth Ninjas Jody Hamilton from the Stephanie Miller show is here today and and the great t-rex David Ferguson is also here and they've started calling themselves the Goth Ninjas so of course I'm gonna steal that. <laughs> Uh, Michael Cohen is suing the Trump Organization, and I'm fairly certain everyone is suing the Trump Organization. So get in line, Mike. Says who? Uh, We also have some huge news via Snopes, and no one is talking about this. You're probably going to hear it for the first time right here on this show. Conservatives are building fake news sites, and they're being set up by conservative PACs, and they're kind of... They're kind of treacherous. They're kind of sinister. They're made to look like, well, we're going to talk about it here on the show in a second. And Paul Manafort's getting sentenced today. Good luck, traitor. Hope you enjoy the rest of your life in prison, right? Too bad. Maybe Don Jr. is going to join you one of these days. Dare to dream, huh? Okay, but enough of all that. Let's talk about Chris Lavoie's Banded Masculine Candles. Banded Masculine Candles are... All natural soy wax candles and steel containers with masculine scents like leather, blood orange, and hunting lodge. Each one is poured by Stephanie Miller Show's own Chris Lavoy and his mighty, mighty hands. And by the way, no lavender, he hates lavender. Uh, leather, the leather candles smell like a broken in baseball glove or maybe a harness if you're into those things blood orange sends a deep complex citrus scent into the air hunting lodge is a sweet mix of blue spruce and whiskey humidor smells like unsmoked pipe tobacco earthy with hints of cherry and cognac campfire brings the scent of a crackling campsite blaze indoors roast a marshmallow over it uh, but don't light your place on fire Freshly cut grass brings the clean smell of freshly mown lawn indoors without the allergies. Mojito is a fresh mix of mint and lime with just a hint of rum. Yep, Chris is using his bulbous pectorals to create some of the best smelling candles I've ever whiffed. So when you shop, make sure to click the banded masculine link at bobseska.com and we get a small commission from every candle you purchase. While you're clicking and shopping, make sure to use our Amazon link just beneath the logo at bobseska.com. Using our link will take you to the front page of Amazon where you shop as normal, but because you used our link, we receive a small commission on some of your purchases. Thank you in advance, and now, let the cartoons begin.
0: Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters. Relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Zeska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Sean Connery has set a new Jeopardy record with negative (laughs) $230,000. You think you're pretty smart, don't you, Trebek? What with your Dago mustache on your greasy hair. Look, what did I just say about ethnic slurs? And finally, back again, Burt Reynolds in a commanding lead with $14. Hey, hey, uh, check out the podium. Look at this. Mr. Reynolds has apparently changed his name to Turd Ferguson. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Turd Ferguson. It's a funny name. Great. Let's take a look at the final board. And the categories are potent potables, sharp things, movies that start with the word Jaws, a petit déjeuner. That category is about French phrases, so let's just skip it. Hey uh,
1: I speak a little French. You're an ass bite, pardon my French.
2: Right. If you vote for me. All of your wildest dreams will come true. The Bob Seska Show.
1: Okay, it is the uh, Trump crisis day 777, 607 days into the 2020 presidential election. And uh, I, I don't even know where to start. So, you know what? We've got uh, the goth ninjas are here today Jody Hamilton <laughs> and uh, T Rex David Ferguson. And so, of course, you guys, you know, I always play your individual. Well, I mean, I, I play T Rex's jingle. I don't use the, the Jody Hamilton jingle because it's got Stephanie's name in it. And right. no, I mean, nothing against Stephanie, but it's weird for people who don't know Stephanie to go, well, who the hell is Stephanie? It's just-
3: I think you should play them both simultaneously.
1: Okay, <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take down that music and let's do this.
4: <laughs>
1: wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Oh my god! All right, so it's glorious. That's it fantastic. Just, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I want. When,
4: I want that. <laughs>
1: yeah, listeners in your car, at your house, in your earbuds. You're not having a stroke. I just. Put, <laughs> I just played both jingles together. Um, God we're damn. Make- I have to make
3: a brief stand. Yes. And this is a neck whipping subject change. Okay. I like lavender. Oh, I do okay. Too. Yeah.
1: Well, you know what? Take that up with Lavoie. That's his thing. Maybe Lavoie
3: <laughs> will let us do a separate Goth Ninja line of, you know, it's <laughs> feminine <laughs> candles. <laughs> we'll do some, like, blood orange and, you know. Liquor, yeah. I mean, um, mm-hmm. lavender, and mm-hmm.
1: you know, yeah, right. All the uh, chamomile, all the odors that uh, that he hates. That's I'm sure, I'm Chardonnay. Sure, I'm sure he's totally on board. He's whipping up the scents now. He's like, oh, so, I, I so totally have to do lavender now, even though I hate it, because you know, because T Rex asked for it, right? Right. <laughs> yep. That's right. Funny. You know, b- before we dig into politics here, though, I want to talk about Alex Trebek. We played that SNL oh. clip at the uh, top of the show, and uh, those of you who don't Tart know,
3: Ferguson thing. My old drummer used to. Oh. Like is it- we would go to a club and they'd be like the sandman and be like, So I can introduce you guys, what are your names? And everybody'd be like, I'm Scott Nutt. Yeah. Guitar player is Ted Grau, bass player is Pete's life, and our singer's stage name is Turd Ferguson. So <laughs> way. So
1: so so he's not asking to be called that. He's asking for you to be called Turd no, Ferguson. No, that
3: was I mean, you know, that's how he would introduce me to people. Oh and this is Turd Ferguson. And I just, wow. like, yeah, that's not <laughs> Thank my name. you.
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, I, that kind of misses the joke. The joke is you're supposed to call yourself Turd Ferguson, not not your best friend, because <laughs> then your no, best friend no. is Turd Ferguson involuntarily, right? Um, you know, it's
3: amazing, actually, in hindsight, for some gay guys to look back and realize these straight guys were completely harassing us and hassling us and giving us a hard time mm-hmm. yeah. because they wanted to make out.
2: <laughs> oh, you know, I, I mean, he
3: was like, I mean,. I just, you know, I don't know why I didn't see it. I mean, he's like dunking my pigtails in the inkwell and everything. But (laughs) um, back to the politics.
1: (laughs) Oh, sure. Well, well, I mean, we were talking about Alex Trebek. Trebek, And and if you haven't heard, he was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic (laughs) cancer, which is just.
4: That's that's usually when you find out it's late stage three and stage four because the symptoms don't show up until that late in the game.
1: Exactly. And and therefore, isn't it really difficult to to actually treat pancreatic cancer because it's so deep inside your
4: gut? It's that it's incredibly difficult to treat and and mainly men get it for some reason so it's hormonally related obviously. Oh, wow, it's um, a it's, it's sad. tiny,
3: complicated, very busy little gland. It mm. is uh, Endocrinologists, I mean, one of the things like the, like you know the the first day of endocrinologist school, they tell you don't fuck with
1: it. Don't fuck know? with yeah. the pancreas. Like,
3: leave the pancreas alone. It's yeah. doing its thing. Like unless there's a problem, just don't mess with it. But like.
1: Well, I tell you what, I mean, if I'm ever diagnosed with some horrible disease, if I got, heaven forbid, if I end up getting cancer, I want Alex Trebek to still be around so he can break it <laughs> to me. Because if, if it's like this, it's, if it's like what I'm about to play, he should be oh, telling you
3: make me cry. You're going to make me cry.
1: Well, it's, you know what? He actually has, you, well, we'll just play it. We'll just play it because okay. I, I don't know that it's going to make you cry. What's amazing about this is. Is how Alex Trebek it is. It's almost like he's yeah. reading the rules for Jeopardy, somewhere between <laughs> Jeopardy and and the next and and Final Jeopardy. You know, it's it's like it's that transition, but it's that particular Alex Trebek, and he I'll is a little
3: abdominal cancers for six hundred hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's
1: exactly right. Well, here's Alex Trebek and his announcement that he, uh, he posted on social media yesterday.
0: Hi, everyone. I have some news to share with all of you, and it's in keeping with my longtime policy of being open and transparent with our Jeopardy fan base. By the way, this is real. I also wanted to prevent you from reading or hearing some overblown or inaccurate reports regarding my health. So therefore, I wanted to be the one to pass along this information. Mm. Now, just like 50,000 other people in the United States each year, This week, I was diagnosed with stage 4 pancreatic Mm -hmm. cancer. Now, normally, the prognosis for this is not very encouraging. But I'm going to fight this. And I'm going to keep working. And with the love and support of my family and friends, and with the help of your prayers also, I plan to beat the low survival rate statistics for this disease. Truth told, i have to because under the terms of my contract i have to host jeopardy for three more years so help me keep the faith keep the faith and we'll win all right get it done
1: that's nice that's the way it, it needs to be done i mean my god they need to just hire him to create an entire series of cancer announcements mm-hmm. that that doctors can wheel out, like oncologists can just pop in a videotape, <laughs> you know, like a video, so like like it's nineteen eighty five. Yeah, pop in a VHS tape of Alex Trebek. Now, I mean, just have a video of Alex Trebek saying, "Okay, y- you have testicular cancer. Here, I'm going to now explain this to you, and and, and I'm going to
3: make you laugh.
1: Exactly, and I'm going to make you laugh, and I'm going to present it in a way that's going to make you feel." Great. And you're going to thank me. I mean, that's I've heard from oncologists who say that, you know, if they deliver that news in the right way, then people actually end up thanking them for mm-hmm. delivering the diagnosis in a way that was even keeled and and not, uh, you know, leaning on the panic button, not too aloof. And, you know, like, oh, you're screwed. You got cancer. I don't see any way out of this. You know, you don't want to hear right. that. You want to hear the facts and you want to hear. Some reassurance to know that you 're not going to drop dead the second you walk out of the office, you know, and well, you know
3: if I may go meta yeah, yeah sure, this is what we do yeah mm-hmm. it's not cancer it's not medical advice, but we are like making the news palatable because we make people laugh, yes. And la- making me the ability to make you know, I always thought it was just something that, you know, anybody can tell a joke, anybody can make people no. laugh. It's not true. Mm-hmm. Right. I have this friend who was like, What? He's like, I would kill to be funny. He's <laughs> like, I'm not funny. Hmm. He's like, Have you ever heard me tell a joke? I was like, No, I haven't. He's like, I will sometime and it's like Elaine dancing. Yeah. Wasn't um, it like
4: wasn't it W C Fields who said dying's easy, comedy's hard?
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, right.
3: Dying was pretty easy. It was either W.C.
1: Fields <laughs> or Groucho Marx. One of those two. Yeah, guys.
4: one of the two.
3: Yeah, um, but yeah. yeah, no, I. I to but it's it such more... a power because you like you're yes. instilling this involuntary reaction of spontaneous joy and so mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know? to
4: be to be super morbid, I want Keith Morrison from Dateline to do my eulogy. <laughs> That's right.
1: I, I think all celebrities should be on call at some point to, to help well, us he, out. The way
4: he narrates a piece on Dateline, the yeah. Lilton, his voice and how he sets up a story is just awesome. I just want him to do it. Yeah. He may not be around because he's 71 years old, but still...
3: Yeah, I, I, want I want Larry that... King to be around because, like, there was a period of time where anytime anybody got sick, uh-huh. they like went on Larry King to announce it to the world. Like, I, was, like, I was actually like one of my trips to New York. I'm sitting in a diner, and this one guy says the other. He's like, "Oh, Dean Martin was on Larry King last night." And he goes, "Yeah, what's he got? What's he got?"
1: <laughs> that was an actual conversation that you overheard. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. What's he got?
3: Yeah. He's like, oh, he's got kidney cancer. Uh, know, yeah, I whatever. mean, I could
1: imagine Larry King delivering like a cancer diagnosis or something like that, doing one of, <laughs> d- going, doing no, one of like
3: those. No, like Faye revealed that she had cancer on Larry King. She and did, I, yeah. It was like a whole string. It was just like his job for a minute there for like six months, it seemed like. He, Every yeah. time somebody came on, they were like, I'm dying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he, he would actually deliver like one of those My Two Cents columns that he used to do. Why do they call them <laughs> oncologists? Why aren't they cancerologists? What is onco? <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> and it's, it's like he's, he's doing like a clever twist on the word or something like that like he usually does what are these magic markers what are so Why magical are about what, <laughs> what makes magic markers so magical that's what i want to know and it's, you know just like that you want to hear the cancer diagnosis from someone who's gonna you know make you smile a little bit Rip Alex, Taylor. you know what i
3: want to stockpile of is, yeah uh mike uh what's his face when he does the Madison Square Garden, neither square nor a garden. No, oh, exactly right. I'll yeah. choose a topic. I can never think of one on this for the moment, and it's yeah, so like a like, like need, a coffee
1: like, talk kind of announcement. Yeah. yeah, that's it.
3: That's it. That's the name of the sketch, and I, I really just want to be like you know.
4: So you've got pancreatic cancer. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs>
3: No, it's gotta be something that's like a weird like, you know, there is no pot in pot roast. Disgust. <laughs> you know,
4: like global thermonuclear war, discuss.
1: A brain tumor. Neither a brain nor a tumor.
4: Nor a tumor. <laughs>
3: Shit, exactly.
1: Oh my god. Okay, yeah. To move along, moving along here, I, I want to talk about. Uh, I'm so-
3: totally like taking Buzz's advice for on Tuesday. He was like, "We need to laugh more." I'm exhausted. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, you know, but you know, sometimes it's it's great to laugh and it's great to present those diagnoses with a bit of a sense of humor about it. But sometimes. Sometimes we got to lean on the panic button. And that's what I was doing with that uh, CPAC speech. And I still believe that, that this is a turn for the worse for Donald Trump. Yes, we all know that he's fucking crazy. And we know that he says crazy things. This was next level crazy. Yeah. This is Donald Trump behaving in a way that indicates he is off on some mental snap that, that mm-hmm. I, I just the I don't know. Is, what, I don't
3: think anybody watched it except the people who were there and you yeah that's right it's you know, exactly like it like Jake Tapper Chuck Todd all those people they've you know they didn't watch it and they, so like they're not you know the people who are and they're you know the headlines are like Trump gives mm-hmm. like wide ranging speech it's like that was not a wide ranging speech no, Yeah, yeah no. that was a complete I mean just the tiny sections I've seen and I had I can only watch it in like 30 second bursts before I have to stop it because mm-hmm. it's so like transmissions from a dying planet yeah. in another very fucked up dimension well that's I mean, a, I mean, just, th- like,
1: th- I mean that's why we that's why we don't take it as seriously as we should because we're just not watching it anymore because he has worn us down and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that the fact that i was the only person to watch it (laughs) apparently um isn't isn't necessarily a problem but the fact is that because he knows that he has been able to by attrition weed out all of the unfriendly uh, viewers and just stick with his little fishbowl of red hats and Trump sycophants and and project directly to them. Um, that's why he continues to get away with this kind of behavior, this ever worsening and disintegrating behavior. He Sorry. he does. I mean, he is getting away with behavior that is not. It, it, it's it's just it's, it's amazing. He can't, you can't keep getting away with it. This is what you're looking for. here we go. the real He can't keep getting away with it, and he does, and that's a gigantic problem because what he's done I'm is he is good this, at that though. He, he well he what he does is he keeps establishing a new floor for the presidency. Right. Like this uh. is the range of behavior for a normal president, and it's between somewhere between like Bill Clinton at the most radical. Maybe Obama, somewhere between Clinton and Obama in terms of drama and presidential behavior. That was usually the range. But now the range has has deepened to like Obama at the top level as far as no drama. And then at the bottom, at the basement floor of, of presidential behavior is Donald Trump with this. I, I don't know what it was this performance art that he was the putting up right now. It's yeah. in that
3: like secret underground city where they all go in a nuclear war. <laughs> yeah, that's right. In the little trains like it's like this I mean, the, he is, like the bar has been dropped so low yeah. that like Satan like hits his head on it when he gets out of bed like yep. it is like so bad at this point and I just I look at the Republicans that just continue to ride off to sign off on this. Yep. You know as long as they're getting their like 37 year old, you know, mouth breathing like Death penalty for abortions. Judges on the bench. You mm-hmm. know, it's they don't care what happens.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I wrote about this uh, for Salon, and and gratefully, lots of people are reading it. I'm noticing the numbers here, and it's and it's uh, getting circulated quite a bit, and I'm really uh, satisfied by that. But um, one of the paragraphs here in which I'm describing why exactly this behavior is bad, and I think we sometimes lose sight of that. We just say, "Oh, Trump is crazy," but we never really talk about. How t- terribly awful that is, and how damaging it is, and 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 what impact it's really having ultimately on the presidency. Trump is crazy. Yes, he is. Tell and, everybody
3: where to find it, Bob. Give them the title so they can Google it so they can. Like, it read is along uh, called
1: seriously. "Something Is Seriously Wrong with Donald Trump." Let's stop kidding ourselves about that. That is the uh, headline yes. at Salon. It's still t- above the fold. I've more seen or People
3: less. complain about that headline before they read the piece, which drives me insane. Oh, I
1: know. Yeah, that always happens. That and, always happens. Um,
3: they jump. A, we, yes, we know something is seriously wrong with Donald Trump, would you please read the piece? It's really <laughs> right. good writing. Right. And he really, mm-hmm. I mean...
1: Well, this, I mean, jumping to conclusions is the problem. That's the problem I want to address right here because I did a paragraph here about... Baby boomer Trump voters, and I'm not saying baby boomers. Period. I'm saying right. baby boomers who voted for Donald Trump. And I was making the point that baby boomers who voted for Donald Trump raised so many of of our generation, Generation X, with certain values: how to surround ourselves. I wrote here how to surround ourselves with people of strong character, modesty, and goodwill. The ideals of contrition, sportsmanship, expertise, rationality, and reason. But they don't seem to hold their current president. To any of those standards. And that's that's the hypocrisy I was trying trying to uh, define here, the contradiction in some of Trump's supporters who happen to be baby boomers, who therefore happen to raise our generation. So I'm looking at this from my point of view, as a Gen X guy who uh, was surrounded by uh, baby boomer grownups, who in total, Across the spectrum of all the grownups that I interacted with as a kid and as a teenager, they taught me all of these values, and these are values that are values that are uh, treasured in uh, a decent society. Uh, you know, in, in regular, you know, these are societal norms that we're talking about here, and they have now these baby boomers who voted for Donald Trump have now forsaken those values in in Mm -hmm. support of Donald Trump and in support of owning the libs, right? So that was my overall point. Well, of course, baby boomers in general got all bent out of shape and defensive about this as if I was accusing baby boomers who supported barack obama and hillary clinton or i was support i was indicting baby boomers who are liberal or who may have uh, uh marched in the late 60s and early 70s for civil rights and against the vietnam war and all those things i'm not talking about those baby boomers of
3: i because I, yeah. but I will on your behalf okay <laughs>
1: then have at it mr t-rex
3: they didn't do enough <laughs> <laughs> like, well, it, you know, we should not still be having... They should have hammered down the right of abortion forever and ever. And yeah. know, I mean, just yeah. like... And they're still fucking it up. So it's just like, okay, baby boomers, like, if you, if you want... Show me that you're not horrible.
1: Right. I see exactly I'm just, what you're saying. I'm, the,
3: the, my whole thing with the baby boomers is that they are so... Like, I am the cosmos. Yeah. You know, they think they invented teenage rebellion. They think they invented... Rock. Well, I mean, black baby boomers did invent rock and roll, but, <laughs> like, I mean, you know, and they just take credit for everything, and they, you know, they they talk about the greatest generation, which is really just them talking about themselves through their parents' eyes, and it's just... Yeah, like uh, But my main problem is that I feel like they're like, okay, now we're dying So the planet's coming with us
1: <laughs> That's true, and by the way, you can find T-Rex and send him all of your angry Emails <laughs> at <laughs> patreon.com Slash the T-Rex report um, uh, well, I you know mean, what
3: happened yesterday? I had people yelling at each other Back and forth on a thread about Bernie Yeah. Um, oh and I, shit,
1: like, good luck I was with like, that well,
3: while you're here Why don't you guys subscribe to my podcast? Good move Links to the podcast on the thread, and it was just like tumbleweeds. (laughs) Crickets after that. Just not. um, This one guy was like getting ready to. I could tell he was winding up to give me like six and a half paragraphs, and I was like, "Stop." (laughs) I was like, like, "Conversation ender." (laughs) Go put five dollars in my in my Patreon fund because, Mm -hmm. like, I you know I'm not gonna if you're gonna do this whole standing for Bernie thing on my wall, you're gonna have to pay me for it, right? Oh, I was called a limousine
4: liberal yesterday by one of our. Ex listeners who started listening again, but I'm a limousine liberal, so what the hell do I know?
1: Oh my God. And I got this hilarious uh, uh, troll who posted a thing on Reddit that was just more like a manifesto against me. It was amazing Fun. to read. Um, it, you know, it just that means
3: you're, you're doing it right. You know that, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And I love this shit. I love it because the things that I love as far as hate mail are the ones that just attack me personally. The, the ones that I take seriously are. Bob, you were factually wrong about this and you misspelled this word and that word. Those are the ones that I go, oh, shit. But the one, exactly right, Jody. The ones that I take uh, without any seriousness whatsoever, the ones that I actually find extraordinarily entertaining are like this one that I got. And it's just like, yeah, essentially, it's the usual shit. Like, I write for a pedophile site, which is Salon. So, I mean, Salon what? published a, an article one time by a guy who claimed to be a, a pedophile, and so now all of the oh, trolls they're like
3: clickbait phase if they were like, "I am a terrible, terrible person. Please click this." Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, I'll just read the first two paragraphs here. He said, "While perusing the leftist shit pit today for chuckles, <laughs> I give a little bit of credit <laughs> for leftist shit pit. That's pretty. That's pretty uh, clever, right there." I, like that. I happen upon an article about President Trump that is based upon the utterly preposterous premise that Trump is mentally ill, and then here's the link. This journalistic late-term abortion,
2: <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs>
1: there we go, is written by That's some nasty. poor, <laughs> some poor bastard who yeah. cannot get a real job, Bob Seska. Oh. And of course, yes, I, I, I readily admit I don't have a real job. I sit here in my underwear and talk into a microphone. That's my job. <laughs> Totally, totally not a real job. But here is where it gets interesting. Read the print between Bob Seska's name and the first paragraph of the story. Salon is actually inviting people to make direct contributions to the authors on Salon for their alleged original reporting. Let that sink in for a minute. Like all leftist pedophiles and practitioners of incest, Mm, okay salon periodically has trouble paying its bills and then blah 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 about how salon is terrible and they're out of money (laughs) it says i shit you not this is real just click on the links for yourselves you click on old bob's link and you are directed to a (laughs) page where you can make a dollar 99 donation ha 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 ha
3: doesn't Doesn't that money just go to salon
1: no it actually goes directly to me that's cool uh, I thought I, it was I,
3: like a, you know just if you want to support the original reporting on this site blah 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 but yeah I mean what oh happened geez. was is they
1: actually had to scale back some of the what's uh, this
3: thing is though it's like you know if you had started an, an Eliminate stand they'd be like what an enterprising little entrepreneur he is that's right know? that's <laughs> right and well, it's like you know because people were like I, someone got on to me about the Patreon thing. They're like, so basically, you're depending on other people to make a living. I'm like, who doesn't? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, this guy. I mean, this guy
1: went on to at do least the.
3: I've cut out all the middle people.
1: Exactly right. And you know, what? this guy went on to do like a whole like math calculation in terms of how much money I could be making from this. He said, "Here, a meager journalist salary for say." New York City, is $50,000. If you take this amount and divide it by $1.99, you see that it would take 25,126 people donating $1.99 apiece in order for Bob to make this. It's like this whole, I mean, this guy, what I love about this <laughs> is someone was so bent out of shape by what I wrote. They actually took like an hour of their time to compose. That's
3: kind of self-owned to say like, you know, Yes, <laughs> journalists barely make any money and this is how long it takes for them to get that, you know, like... Yep,
1: yep, exactly right, exactly right. Yeah, I want
3: to just look at one thing before we move on. Well, I just want to,
1: yeah, I mean, I want to say just one last thing, too, um, which is that, uh, again, just to reiterate on the baby boomer front, if you're a Trump voter, I'm blaming you. If you're not a Trump voter, I'm not blaming you. Hashtag not all boomers. Thank you. Thank you. Okay,
3: that's... (laughs) Okay, I do want to say, though, I mean... There is a generational thing. Yeah. The majority of white people voted for Donald Trump. Right. And there's no way around that. And Mm -hmm. it's just like, and I wonder like sometimes uh, about what black activists say about us in that they say like, when the shit goes down, y'all are white first. (laughs) Yeah. You know, (laughs) and Mm. um, we need to, you know, monitor for those behaviors in ourselves. I don't think like us trio of progressives are particularly guilty of it, but you know, your brain will trick you because- racism is the default software that's been installed on all of us yeah Mm -hmm. you know i mean it's like the internet explorer of the american brain and (laughs) you know and many people have not upgraded and when you call them on things they think that you're telling them that they're a bad person when we're all you're saying is what you just said or what you know this is racist yeah Mm
2: -hmm. like
3: and i'm trying to help and you know i'm not saying you're evil or beyond help and this is I'm, okay, just, I'm just going to quickly – this is my soapbox, and I'll get right off of it. But, like, I know that they know they're wrong.
0: Mm-hmm. Racists
3: mm-hmm. know they're wrong. But it's mm-hmm. just, like, smoking or drinking or doing meth. It's like you know it's hurting you, but it makes you feel better. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So, like, that's – you know, I, I was listening to Buzz talking about, like, how do we reach these people? How do we reach these people? And at some point, we just had to turn no. to them and be like, I know that you know it's wrong. Mm-hmm. This vicious joy you get out of, quote, unquote, owning the libs. Hurts the country and it's hurting you. Yeah, yeah. It's time for an intervention. Like I know it makes you feel good, but it's poison. Mm. Um,
1: yeah. yeah. I mean, in fact, I mean, there are some at the core of Trump's support who you're exactly right. And Buzz is exactly right. You're never going to change those people. But right. I do believe that there are people, uh, Jody, that who are right on the fringes of that, who still can be convinced. Because as we've seen from the polling, there is a differential of, I don't know, 10 percent between the, the ceiling and the floor of uh mm-hmm of the Trump approval number. So you got like a range of 35 to 45%. That's 10% of people who are swinging wildly into Trump's support and then against Trump, depending on what's going on. And I feel like those people are are bendable like we can we, yeah yeah if we present things in the right way Joke, he's we called can, those
3: people chippers exactly yeah, We <laughs> exa- 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 can heroin users
1: <laughs> ex- exactly exactly right and you know um as far as the not all boomers thing uh, jody i'm sure you've run into this on countless occasions you're writing about women's issues and so on and and you get b- butthurt men who are like why do you, oh god yeah. why do you hate all men and you've got to come back and say what is what is the response to that it's not all men, right?
4: I know. I posted something. I think I... I Quoted Kimberly on something on Facebook, and and guys yeah. that are total allies, right? Normally, mm-hmm. got all sensitive, and I'm like, it's on you guys to figure out why you're so upset with what I wrote.
1: Yes, yes, exactly right. And she gets it's not it on was- me to
4: help you. It's not on me to help you. You need to figure out why you're upset, and then once you figure that out, you'll know why we posted what we posted.
1: And really, I mean, as you guys and I, I know, um, I think you're teamed up, Jody, with uh, with Kimberly and several others. I think Alyssa Milano is teamed mm-hmm. up too on this front, where you guys are pushing uh, the the Equal DRA. Rights Amendment. Yeah, mm-hmm. because we're so close to getting that. Uh, Come getting on, that, Arizona. Exactly. Finally ratified. And so I think all of that kind of shit is just going to ramp up like a thousand fold between now and actual ratification. So um, I don't envy you from a counterattack point of view of what you're going to be well, facing from the incels and all the rest of them.
4: Well, somebody, somebody posted something and it had to do with racism versus or bigotry against another race versus um, uh, sexism. And it was basically, if somebody tells you that that's offensive, believe them.
1: Yeah. Exactly right. Uh, yeah. Again, it's first of all, you can never be more offended than the victim. Uh, right. And, 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 and exactly well, what you
3: Being accused of racism is just as bad as racism. Right. Aren't you the racist when you say <laughs> Exactly. Racism? If
4: you bring up racism, you're the racist. What?
3: Yeah. Oh, that makes me want to die. Yeah. Welcome. Why do you have to break everything down into racial terms? It's like, well, because you did. We're like, just, and that whole thing with Mark Meadows, you know? And, oh, go ahead. Yeah.
1: Oh, no, no, I was going to say, Mark Meadows is I didn't get to crazy. adequately
3: address this on the round table, and I just was like, I, the thing that was so disgusting about that is he brings this pet black person in, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. stands him there with no agency, just like, here, stand up so that people can see you. Don't say anything. Yeah, yeah she wasn't
4: allowed to speak you know, or anything. You're like
3: the token. And then, you know, and he got called on it by Representative Talib, and then he has an emotional meltdown.
0: Mm-hmm. He's like, I
3: just, I'm, I'm so hurt. Yeah. And then he turns and he's like some of my best friends are black. <laughs> yeah. And then he puts poor Elijah Cummings. And he's like, Elijah Cummings, my black prop friend, help me against these charges of using a black person as a prop.
1: Yeah, it's complete privilege. <laughs> it's privilege is what that yeah. is. It's the way Donald oh, just Trump just behaves to too.
3: Strangle him. Entitlement
1: and privilege. And they feel like, um, uh, you know, this is the way I was raised. So why are you indicting me because of the way I was raised? It's just like this. Because food... you were
3: raised wrong, Senator.
1: Yeah, this woe is me, whiny, whining uh, behavior. Which is just utterly repulsive from people who are routinely calling out liberals for being snowflakes and so on. I just can't stand. Well, I feel like enough.
3: Rush Limbaugh is the patient zero. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. It's just this angry, twitching bed sore locked mm-hmm. in his studio and at the bottom of his mansion complex where he never comes out, and he just—it's just like they're ew, they're like twitching, angry boil yeah. that they can't not scratch oh sorry, yeah. yeah oh my it's god vivid i guess <laughs> yeah it's um,
1: it's gross but exactly right yeah i mean lately i've been calling donald trump a festering carbuncle which is pretty <laughs> gross if you think about what a carbuncle <laughs> is, is. That yeah is that's really mom. gross now my see, retina hurts
3: yeah, he's the carbuncle he's in the herpes sore family <laughs> you know like there's like there's the, there's like pimples and infections and boils <laughs> yes and then there's our sort of viral scabby painful things like shingles. That's yeah. Donald Trump.
1: So what you're saying is, T-Rex, is that Donald Trump is in the herpes spectrum. Somewhere yes. in there. <laughs> and we're, what we're talking about specifically if you've is...
3: If you had chickenpox, you're supposed to be immune to him, but it just doesn't work. No, you're not. Anything.
4: If you've had chickenpox, you're more likely to get shingles. Oh, that's right. It's the complete that's right. opposite. Yeah, yeah.
3: exactly. Hey, do, we exactly. Get, do we need to get re-immunized against measles? Can someone in the audience tell me that in the comments? I thought it was a
1: lifelong immunization. I thought it was lifelong. Yeah, yeah. It,
4: yeah, I think it's lifelong. I, I believe I'm Mumps, I didn't get that. I just got one shingle shot instead of the two because apparently I'm allergic to it. So I'm only half mm. prevented for that. Oh, God. So we'll
1: see. Yeah, you're
3: part of I've got to go get the shingles immunization. I'm going to talk to the pharmacist and be like, do I need to renew anything? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure, you know, just because, like, I mean, some people, I know that some viruses don't work forever. Herd immunity is a fairly approximate, like, 92 to 96% effective thing. And, like, mm-hmm. if measles comes tearing through, I. I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I want more information. Yeah. And by all means, because- if you do
1: end up with measles, T-Rex, what you do is you, uh, make sure to post lots of close-up photographs of the measles blisters and everything like that on Facebook. Cause I don't, I don't get That's enough. It's going
3: to be horrible. There's places I can't scratch with these little arms. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. So yeah. Um, because what I need to see more of on Facebook are more close ups of your bloody injuries, Facebook friends, because I, yeah, I, that's the one thing I just can't deal with when I'm scrolling through Facebook is seeing like, oh, look at how my bone protruded through my leg when I fell off my bike. I'm like, oh, my God. What, the, what kind of grotesqueness is that? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for sharing you that.
3: Know, I am. I love that stuff. I should have been a doctor. Yeah, I'm just so riveted and fascinated by gross things. Well, you know, I hate. I'm a member of a cat group. Uh That people will post pictures the day that they put their cat down. Oh no! Not the dead cat usually, but you know, like this is my 19 year old boy. He crossed the rainbow bridge today, and there's at least one a day. And so you're just like, cute cat picture, cute cat picture, and then something rips your heart out in front of you, and it's just like,
1: yeah, yeah, that would be torturous. Yeah, I I think so. It's not very healthy. But you know what I was going to say? In fact, I told you this yesterday via DM T-Rex. You'd make a great therapist. You should be a professional therapist. I swear to God.
3: That was my emergency backup plan at one point. And I have not. I was going to like do all the applications and stuff and start looking around for programs in my area to study. Mm -hmm. um, Because that's what my mom did. Yeah. Uh, But I started writing a book. (laughs) No, yeah, well, I mean,
1: if if podcasting were a live format, you could do a call in like advice show, like a Dr. Laura kind of show. It could be you could call it Dr. T Rex. T
3: T-Rex's Guide to Life it's somebody's <laughs> blog title, but like, I don't know. Maybe I'll figure out a way to set that up so that I'm like live casting on Facebook Live at a certain time or something, mm-hmm. and people can call and we. Answer questions in real time. Either one of you have anything in dreams that you need interpreted? Questions (laughs) you have? Not on the show. Not that I'm willing to
1: present on the show. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Whatever,
4: Doctor Drew.
1: Yeah, exactly right. Well, (laughs) speaking of uh, speaking of dreams and dream interpretation, and how about this for a goddamn segue? uh, You know, the the therapy that I get every night is Kimberly and I get to sleep on our uh, our our Brooklyn and sheets, which, and of course, we love our Brooklyn and sheets. It's, it's the classic hardcore sheet bundle in white. If you go to Brooklinen.com, you'll find this right there on the front page. That's our bed sheets, duvet cover and pillowcases. They're cool and crisp. They've got that hotel bed feel. They're breathable. They've got a two I think it's a 270 thread count, which you can imagine that's pretty uh, that's pretty nice mm-hmm. and soft. Uh, they're recommended for hot sleepers. And of course, Kimberly makes it perfectly clear that she's menopausal. And of course, she gets the hot flashes and everything like that. And and so having cool to the touch bed sheets are an absolute 100% must. In fact, I was talking to uh, Jen Kirkman too. And she's got Brooklyn and sheets that she purchased through our show with the promo code bobc. And she loves her Brooklyn and sheets as well. So over the course of our lives, we spend about a third of our time in bed, some of us having fun, some of us tossing and turning. So well, as we,
4: Tina Fey says, and all, eating all of your meals.
1: <laughs> That's exactly right. Just a giant sheet cake in bed. She
3: actually jacked it up to half your life in bed and all your meals. <laughs> not so, just a third. Shouldn't we sleep? Which I thought was pretty funny.
1: Shouldn't we eat our sheet cake on five-star hotel quality I sheets? I think so. <laughs> all the time, right? But sheets like that are expensive and hard for average people to get, or at least they were before Brooklyn and com. We decided to upgrade, and we love our brooklinen sheets. The difference is amazing. These sheets are soft while you sleep, and it's not just us. A half a million people now sleep in luxury they can afford all because Brooklyn and cut out the middleman and made ordering easy good housekeeping name, Brooklyn and.com the best of online betting. And they were the first in this business. Since then, Brooklyn gotten over 30,000 five star reviews, more than any other betting company, Brooklyn and sheets come in more than 25 colors and patterns. And it's easy to mix and match again, our sheets were the classic hardcore sheet bundle in white, that's the duvet cover. That's the uh, the, the pillowcases and the sheets themselves. Uh, and it's a great place to give shop too for candles and towels and robes and sleep masks and so much more and Brooklinen has an exclusive offer just for you just for my listeners get $20 off $20 off and free shipping when you use promo code bobc at brooklinen.com brooklinen so confident you love your new sheets comforters and towels they come with a lifetime warranty but the only way to get $20 off and free shipping is to use promo code bobc at brooklinen.com that's b-r-o-o-k-l-i-n-e-n Dot com Promo code B-O-B-C. Brooklinen. They really are the bestest sheets ever. Thank you. The Bob
2: Seska Show.
0: The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com.
1: Thank you, Boz. We're here with Jody. We're here with T-Rex. It's a huge show today. Uh, okay, let's see. Goth
3: Ninjas.
1: The Goth Ninjas. I love that. I love that. I love that. In fact, I'm going to make that the name. Stealthy, of...
3: already in black, bored as hell. I'm going to make. Oh my
1: god, we need a jingle for the Goth Ninjas. Yeah, That's what we need. Rocky Mountain Mike,
3: get on it. Uh, yeah, Mike, hello. Alright. um In fact, what I. What's the speed the tune of? Bella Lugosi's dead? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, you know what? We even have a Bella Lugosi drop here on the Fuck you! There's Bella Lugosi. There Thank we you. go. Yeah, that's a-
4: fuck you.
1: Well, Martin Landau is Bella Lugosi, but close I enough. met
4: him right after he did that Jody's, you know, name drop of the day.
1: Oh, you know what? I don't have my hooray for Hollywood music because uh, otherwise, well, I could play your. There's okay. Jody's name dropping.
4: There we go. What you looking for?
1: She's talking to celebrities because she's a attention whore, I don't know. What? That's, that's that awful. Yeah. I can't believe why did I say that about I didn't you mean did to. So say. Good. I'm just looking for a rhyme that and was I am awesome. I'm so oh, white. I like
4: that. Come on, Mike, get on it. No, I uh, <laughs> I was actually, it's, uh, there was many more celebrities at this particular event, and I was still smoking at the time, mm-hmm. and he's walking in in front of my mother and me, and I wanted to smoke, so I said, Mom, you go sit down, I'll hang out, and there's Marty Landau smoking, and I said, hi, Mr. Landau. son. And
1: you're calling him Marty. You're calling him uh-huh. Marty. That's uh, Do you also call Robert De Niro Bobby? No. You uh,
4: Mar- don't do is. that to Mr. De Niro. There we go. And so I asked, I said, can I stand here and smoke <laughs> with you? We don't do that to Mr. De Niro. We don't do that to Mr. De Niro.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's the name of the show, by the way. Mr. De Niro. Oh, shit. That's right. I was going to call it Goth Ninjas. We don't do
3: that to Mr. De Niro. <laughs> I'm going to, uh, to I'm
1: gonna have to flip a coin on the name of the show today. All right.
4: But no, so I asked Mr. Lando, I said, "Can I, do you mind if I stand here and smoke next to you? He goes, why Why me? And I said, because you're famous. They m- won't make you put it out, so they won't make me if I'm near you. <laughs> there
1: you go. Holy shit. That's a great story. That's Lando. Uh, yeah, having a smoke with
3: Martin Landau—that's great. God, I miss smoking. Me no. too. I me. Too. I don't
4: anymore. I've yeah. been quit almost 18 years though, so.
3: Yeah. It almost extincted me.
1: Uh, yeah, well. Yes, it
4: did almost extincted you, T-Rex.
1: <clears throat> I uh, yeah, I went for a good 17 years uh, smoking a, a pack a day. Well, because Same I'm here. because I'm smart. Mm. Me too. <laughs>
4: Actually, hey, hey, smoking killed uh, Luke Perry because apparently he was a heavy smoker.
1: Oh really? Yeah, because it can sometimes do that, right? T Rex. Mm-hmm.
3: It
1: yep. can sometimes, yeah. I mean, I mean, because clots,
3: baby. They're not mm-hmm. pretty. Yeah.
1: yeah. And... Was I mean? Was that directly because of smoking, or was that your diet and smoking, that's, that's... or genetic, or what? What was going for me? On? It
3: was a combination of smoking and gen- and a, gen- a genetic disposition to yeah. high cholesterol, and then there's mm-hmm. a particular formation. Mm. In my heart, that's just like my twin brother's heart and my dad's heart and his brother's heart. Oh my um, God. Where stuff just collects. Wow. It's like there's a like bend that, like, you know, gunk gets in there. And so now I'm taking blood thinners and mm. cholesterol medicine and running and, you know, cleaning up my diet mm. some. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. No, Jesus. I, yeah.
4: According to, according to what I heard, that's how Luke Perry passed away because he was apparently a heavy smoker and that will do it at 52 years old. I mean, he's. Barely older than I am. So. Yeah,
1: you know, we were talking about that, uh, Kim- Kimberly and I, be- uh, just in the context of Gen X. It's like, oh shit, the Gen X people are starting to die now too. And but I mean, not yeah. just die, but die of old people things. Like,
3: well, but- I have bursitis. We you know, know that. everybody's. I hear, like, oh this yeah, that's is gonna right, a Big deal when our friends start dying, but we're Gen X. Our friends died of AIDS. um, that's true true. yeah you're right this is not a new thing for me like oh someone's dead yeah i'm you know let me get my black suit it's never really it's always pressed yeah oh yeah i've
4: I've got like three funeral outfits always ready to go
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and the people i know who are gen x who died usually died like you know suicide Mm -hmm. or like like Mm -hmm. Chaz with an overdose and so on it's just like oh yeah but now it's like old people things we're starting to see now so great yeah
4: like my bursitis which i inflamed the other day when I tripped and fell.
3: Oh, suck it up, Gen <laughs> You know?
1: Okay, let's talk about Michael Cohen's magical suitcase of fuck you, Trump. Um, no kidding. Uh, i picturing the it as
3: a Mary Poppins bag. <laughs> like he's... <laughs> He's pulling out like a magical paper shredder that unshreds documents, you know, and Or like Felix big, the Cat. Remember Felix Br- the Cat, Ryan. the wonderful,
4: wonderful
1: yeah, cat? Yeah, yeah, this bag oh, of tricks. man, uh-huh. yeah. It's just like a big I, I,
3: a lamp with a green shade on it. <laughs> to read by, you know.
1: See, I'm just I'm imagining Michael Cohen descending into the uh, the congressional right, office umbrella. building With an umbrella Yes exactly With you know Soot on his face maybe And he's got the big hoop mm-hmm. skirt Oh man That's, <laughs> that's a hilarious image um, But you know so
3: Who's Dick Van Dyke In this scenario
1: Oh Dick Mueller? Van Mueller would have to be Dick. I think so.
3: It can't be Can dance.
1: It can't be Lanny Davis. Lanny Davis doesn't get to be Dick Van Dyke. Um but anyway, so so he uh turned up at, at Congress yesterday in Congress uh for the what is it the House Intelligence Committee with all kinds of new documents showing that uh that Trump's legal team edited his congressional mm-hmm. testimony to show that, uh, you know, to, to basically p- present a lie to Congress. And this was uh, information that was authored by uh, uh, Donald Trump's legal team, which again, I go back to that breaking news story. I,
3: I, I would lay five bucks if it's in crayon. <laughs> <laughs> the edits. <laughs>
1: well, I wow. mean, crayon I would mean, be.
3: I mean, Jay he's such a stupid man. Donald Trump's <laughs>
1: notes are all in his own feces. That's how he uh, That's right? marks those things true. up. But, uh, you know, it goes back to that story from three weeks ago or so when uh, w- we thought it w- you know we had a smoking gun where the story was that uh, Michael Cohen was asked to lie uh, right. by Donald Trump uh, right in advance of his congressional mm-hmm. testimony. And it looks like that's actually true. Um, now, I heard that well, Rudy Giuliani's
4: denying it. Giuliani's denying it, and so now they want uh, uh, com- Elijah Cummings to call Michael Cohen back to see if he's telling the truth. Why not call Giuliani to... Congress to see if he's telling the truth about not doing that.
3: Yeah. I'm getting to see a pattern. He's like Farudi. He rises on the full <laughs> moon, like every four weeks, out he comes to spread disinformation and you know drain people's blood. Yeah, so this horrible ghoul. Yeah, you know, I mean, don't trust anything that he says. Right, right. right. Just,
1: it, it's it's funny because really,
3: like he's only existing as an agent of chaos. He's, he's doing a exactly. Russian style.
1: It's amazing because he does. He only emerges like once a month or something Mm -hmm. like that, and maybe when maybe it has to do with the moon cycles or something like that. Do you have a nice Halloween
3: organ or any sound effects? It's like when there's a full
1: moon, Rudy emerges, and uh, and and then just and then starts doing his. uh, Oh, here comes Rudy! Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look! It's a full moon. America, (laughs) bring out Vlad Rudy. Dracul. Yeah. And, so, and it's just uh, like,
3: anytime he enters the discussion at all, it just gets completely shit-stupid.
1: Yeah, it really, really does. And I, I wonder if what he's doing is refueling his stupid tanks, like between appearances. Like, okay, With well, vodka. yeah, Rudy's gone I too mean, far. I mean, you saw the
3: thing in the New Yorker that said that he was like, they were trying to reel him back in because he was getting drunk and then doing press. Mm-hmm. They were like, we have to schedule Rudy's press earlier in the day because the later it gets the drunker he gets. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And it's kind of amazing that even Donald Trump thinks Rudy Giuliani's batshit crazy. And and yeah. that's I mean it's amazing to know that especially considering that uh, that Trump himself is crazy. Trump is crazy. Thank you, Mr. Trump. Uh, even still, what happens is is that Rudy goes away. He I don't know regenerates his cellular structure in a. <laughs> In a coffin somewhere, <laughs> and then emerges once he his body is prepared hyperbaric for it, tank. Yeah, like a hyperbaric tank, exactly, like one of those back to you tanks got Michael from Jackson's Star Wars, old one. Yeah, and of course, I go right ah. to the nerd thing. It's like a back to tank, like Star Wars, <laughs> like he's floating in this tank, like Luke Skywalker, and Empire Strikes Back with the diaper and the hoses attached to him to <laughs> to pump all of the healing juices into his body, and then they pull him out, and he's ready to lie again. Because you know, what happens is when he goes away, it's because he's accidentally told the truth. And so they need to restock his body with new lies. Right, they put him
3: back in the earth under the full moon for 20 days. <laughs> like a deck of tarot cards. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh my God. So meanwhile, lawyers linked to Rudy Giuliani. I mean, this is there are so many different prongs to this story that lawyers linked to Rudy Giuliani. Uh, apparently approached michael cohen and michael cohen's legal team after the fbi raids and the the rumor is of course this had to do with uh, floating a pardon and mm-hmm. this i mean again that one thing i mean that would blow up i mean by itself that is a presidency ending abuse yeah. of power yeah Even if it is done through Trump's legal team, what they're doing is they're floating a constitutional power that the President of the United States possesses. This is not something that Donald Trump and I'm going to turn off this Rudy Giuliani music. Yeah, I was going to say, are we going to
3: get the whole cantata? Really? Yeah, I know we're going to go through all
1: 18 minutes of it. Um, but I mean, this is uh, this is a serious, serious constitutional crisis. Donald Trump is is potentially floating pardons, and, and of course, I say potentially. We know that he's doing this. I mean, every tool that Donald Trump can avail himself of to escape legal jeopardy, he is, of course, going to take advantage of those those tools slash weapons, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so it seems ridiculous to say allegedly at all when it comes to Donald Trump. But this is obviously what's happened, that uh, that Donald Trump's lawyers have floated uh, uh, pardons to everyone and... And their public face, of course, is what Rudy has said in response to all of these allegations, which is that, oh, no, Mr. Trump is not going to pardon anyone until the investigations are over. Oh, sure. Is that like what he did with Joe Arpaio, who was, oh, no, wait, who was it that was in the middle of a trial? Who he
3: pardoned? It was Arpaio. It was it Arpaio. Arpaio. Yeah, he it hadn't been convicted the trial of anything. And yeah. sentencing. No, he'd been convicted, but he hadn't oh, yeah, been yeah. sentenced. Oh, I, yeah, right. I see. Right. And usually, and they were like, "Well, usually we wait for people to be sentenced to pardon them." And he was just like, "No, pardon him now." Yeah,
1: yeah. He just mm-hmm. I
3: want to make a political point. Exactly. Um, you want to
1: say, "Look, look, look, what I can do." That's what his his whole point of that was. Looky, what I have. I have the power to say you're pardoned. I have the power to make all of those mean fake news people go away. I can own the libs with my pardon power. That in of itself is an abuse of power. I, you know, I hope some of those pardons are really looked at, not just in terms of the ones he's floating, but in terms of the ones that he's already granted. Like, what, what's the quid pro quo here? Because I don't know that Donald Trump does I, anything about a vacuum.
3: He needs to be, like, held in a tent in the desert in pink underwear for the rest of his life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for what he did to those people, yeah, it's just yeah. yeah I mean, it was like total sadism, and mm-hmm. he just mm-hmm. I, I, like the pardon thing, and then he's gonna like run for. He lost his election.
4: Thank, thank Arizona for that, mm. but it's
3: just oh my god. Yeah. Man, thank Alabama for taking down Roy Moore. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. I'm like reliving that right now in like chapter six of my book because. I was watching Finding or Leaving Neverland. They oh my god, was, was that crab, was that triggering for
1: you? Was uh, was the Neverland? I hate to
3: use that word, yeah, because it's so like. But I mean, yeah, I'm a sex abuse survivor, and it brought up a lot of stuff. But yeah. it was I'm, the thing that brought up more though was covering Roy Moore mm. when I worked mm-hmm. at my over at Brand X, my old job. Yeah. Um, And I remember, like, the day the Washington Post thing came out, I was reading that one woman's description of what Moore did to her when she was 14. And I'm, like, suddenly having these, like, sensory flooding things of, Mm -hmm. like, the smell of Old Spice deodorant and, like, a dish of change on a dresser. And I'm, like, oh, my God, I'm having flashbacks. Like, this is, like – and I told my editor – or not my editor. I I told a a superior that I was, like, I'd really rather not write about this. It's Mm -hmm. kind of upsetting. And they were, like, we don't care what's going on in your personal life. Yeah. We have a deadline. Um, wow. And I just, you know, and I kept having to write about him and kept having to write about him and kept having to write about him. And, you know, I think in no small part, just all the struggle that was having, like, through that period of
0: time mm-hmm. helped, you know, break my heart.
3: Yeah, and in fact, I
1: mean, I hadn't really planned on talking about uh, leaving Neverland, but uh, in fact, uh, Kimberly and I are going to talk about this more in depth on The After Party tomorrow. But um, the one thing I did want to say in this context is something that Oprah said in The After Neverland segment, which occurred after that, which was almost it was almost as fascinating as the actual documentary, because, I mean, Oprah is just such a quintessential professional. I mean, she steeps herself in information that is uh, germane to whatever it is she's talking about. And And she's also
4: a survivor of uh, abuse. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And one of the things she mentioned is that the term sexual abuse is kind of misleading insofar as the actual. Uh, process doesn't feel abusive the abuse happens later in life many many years after the sexual contact has taken place and i thought that was a fascinating insight and is actually uh, rings uh, completely true from the stories i've i've heard and and something i'm writing about is that
3: your seducer is not going to hit you
1: yeah
2: no
3: Right. They're going to love bomb you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what Jackson did. It's like mm-hmm. they see a hurting kid, mm-hmm. a lonely kid. My parents are getting the way, divorced, and they, well, let me let me just quickly run through this. Sorry. And they start. It's just like a cult leader. They start telling you that you are special. Yeah, and I'm special too, and we belong together. We understand each other on a level that your parents do not.
1: Yeah, it's called
4: grooming. That's what they were calling it. Yeah, Yeah, that's what they call it. it Sean Barton and and David and I were talking about that yesterday, about the movie, because I saw it, uh, Lonnie and I saw it. And one thing that always bothered me about his case, Mm -hmm. obviously he was uh, found not guilty. Mm -hmm. Take that how you want to take it. Um, The parents of these kids, especially the parents of children that were later accusing him of abuse, the abuse had been, been reported on for many, many years, and so the kids that were put into these situations by their parents for money, why aren't their parents... Up on charges.
3: Yeah. Well, you notice they weren't in the documentary. The mothers <laughs> well, were.
4: No, the two mothers were. No, the two, two mothers two were
3: the two boys. The first two boys that right. we know about. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, all, but the Gavin and Jordy and Macaulay Culkin and none of them would say anything and none of their families would come on the on the documentary. Yeah. Well, and well, the you know, documentary
4: also has one of the kids that did defend Michael in court in true. the 2000s. Um, so I mean, my problem is, is is the parents once this is you know been reported why are you letting your kid alone with an adult man period that yeah. you don't know and second or whether you know them or not cuz half the time it's with people you know that they do it to your family members but it, it, to me it's like why wasn't CPS called mm-hmm. you know especially when he was being prosecuted where were the chil- the parents of all these other children that were hanging out at Neverland why weren't they looked at too that's where i get angry with the prosecutors and the outside people let alone michael and what happened with was, those kids yeah. it bothers me yeah. that the parents are like i'm gonna pimp my kid out mm. well there
1: was an that explanation was the part of the
3: documentary where my mama would have spat on the floor exactly him, yeah. When well, she said i couldn't find him so i just hung out with the chimps my mom I, I just i could hear my mom's voice going you can't find your child and you are hanging out with monkeys yeah. exactly yeah. exactly
4: that's where i take issue with the parents like a, yeah. instead of instead of no okay. it's true I know it's a difficult thing to prove, especially with a famous wealthy person, mm-hmm. that this person is committing a crime. But start reporting it. Yeah. And once, and if you report it and then the next kid reports it and then another one, then all of a sudden you've got some, some gravitas to the reporting and may prevent other people from getting hurt. And when parents settle out of court for money... It's the parents, man. I don't blame the kids at all. And you know, I'm they are—they incline- are, are not to blame. It was Michael, whatever he did, yeah. and the parents that allowed their children to be put in situations because these kids were too young to make a decision that was informed.
1: Well, I agree with—I to- I mean, I agree. wait. Wait a second, T-Rex. I mean, I agree I with that assessment to a certain extent, but there was an explanation in the after Neverland segment mm, with uh, okay, Oprah I did Winfrey. Okay, not see that part. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, just as a—I—I I really do agree with you, Jody, and—and and I agree with you, T-Rex, as well, but. but. But the explanation, as far as the parents go, uh, in that special had to do with the grooming. And what uh, one of the experts said to Oprah was that that Michael Jackson was grooming the parents as well as the children. So that they were being indoctrinated into this spider web of deceit that eventually led to the sexual assault. And so- they were as much that, victims as the kids. Also,
3: this is what I was going to say, is the kid is looking you dead in the eye and saying, yeah. mm-hmm. I swear, Mom, he mm-hmm. has never been anything but appropriate. Yeah. Again and again and again. And you're going to believe your kid.
2: Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I I guess, but I mean, the other thing, like, I think that if it were Michael Jackson down the street and not Michael Jackson, mm, fame and fortune guy, it would be a different scenario. Yes.
1: Yes. Absolutely. And of course, money talks. Yeah.
4: and fame and, and power that comes with both of those things. And, hey, I get to be photographed on a red carpet with Michael Jackson. Hey, and it's the parents getting involved in the fame. It's the stage mother kind of syndrome. And, 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 and it's just, I mean, when I was talking, both David and Sean have, ki- have kids. And, and they'd both be like, no, he'd be dead. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, well, it's like, funny. No, my kid's not going to sleep with an, an adult male when I'm not present. I mean, come on.
1: Yeah, and I think it was James Safchuk uh, in the Oprah special afterwards who said something mm-hmm. to the effect of the, the grooming with Michael Jackson started before any of them ever met Michael Jackson. So mm-hmm. going in, they already have this level of, of celebrity hero worship right. as, as little it's children. It's like
4: Trump supporters. They have that too. They just look at him and want to be around him because he's famous. Yeah. I mean,
3: I also noticed that the, both the families he targeted, the fathers were small business owners. Mm-hmm. And so he's picked a family that is upwardly mobile, that is striving Interesting. to enter the middle class. Uh-huh. And he's saying, here is your shortcut yeah. to Bypassing middle class altogether Mm. and moving to mansion class. Yeah.
1: And then what he does is he creates a wedge between the the kids, the mom, and the dad, which. You know, all
3: the communication.
1: Right. Exactly. The the dad of Wade's dad. Ended up uh, killing himself, hanging yeah, himself.
4: Yeah, I thought it was one of them. Yeah, I thought he killed himself.
1: Yeah, I mean, so I, I don't mean to spoil it for those of you who haven't seen it yet, but that's that's what happens because he's so despondent that his entire family, or at least his wife and his child, have left Australia to go to California to be with Michael Jackson. I mean, that was how attractive and, the older and the seductive is like the it one was. One
3: person in the family who's not, you know, he was just like. Well, I didn't understand it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was just like, he was, <laughs> he just well, didn't because make you know, it makes sense to me. And and um, with the
1: the brother was never uh, groomed. The okay. the the mom was groomed, and the and the child was groomed, but the brother wasn't groomed. The dad wasn't groomed. The grandmother the was, was groomed. The sister was yes. Um, and again, this is the Australian family uh, with Wade uh, and I, their names Hamden. I think was their last name. I think
4: so. But uh, awesome. yeah, exactly. There you go.
1: Yeah, and and so Wade
3: Robson and James Safechuck.
1: Oh, okay, Robson. And so, um, so you know, ultimately, this is all to say that uh, that Michael Jackson drew in what he needed to draw in in order to get what he wanted. I mean, what we're talking about here is a colossally narcissistic, uh, abusive pedophile who is tremendously. I mean, you find with like narcissistic narcissistic personality disorder, people who are tremendously manipulative, where they like, for example, Michael Jackson would. Uh, you know sob all the time about how lonely he is and so you mm-hmm. want to reach out and and what wade was saying was that to a certain extent and safe truck agreed with him that they were they felt empowered because they were helping michael it wasn't the other it wasn't just one direction helping so to speak it was no, michael
3: turned to them and said save me
1: yeah exactly everything
3: right we, everything that i'm about is on the line now Everything we've had is on the line. Please yeah. help. And they were like, "I'm going to save him." Mm-hmm. And what twelve-year-old or eleven-year-old doesn't want to be a superhero? Yeah, yeah. Right. And play a pivotal, dramatic role in saving their friend. Even you know, it's like, and people were like trying to be like, "Well, what?" You know, they're asking why the kids would change their minds, and I'm like, "Do you not remember being a kid? Mm-hmm. How you could hold completely conflicting things in your head at once, and could be two totally different people from one day to the next?" Oh yeah, because your personality was still forming. Yeah, like.
1: I mean, if an just, adult if an adult tells you that if we get caught, your life is ruined, a, a child is going to believe every word of that and not go, well, maybe I don't know if that's really true. Of course, a seven year old is never going to say that. Um, and you say so you have clever people who have a even if it's a subconscious, um, uh, uh, I don't know, knack for manipulation. Uh, manipulating little children into this uh, this process, and it's not it's not just oh hi children come into my bed and we're going to have sex. There is an entire lead up to that where it's almost like the boiling of a frog kind of thing where you start exactly. with this no, it's exactly that yeah yeah and, I'm, and I'm going, I don't need to tell you Dave because you've you've been through it you've been groomed you've been abused and so you know and it's just it's a process that happens almost every single case.
3: And I'm trying to figure, how can we warn kids? Like, Mm -hmm. sometimes people are going to be nice to you in a way that's sneaky.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: You know, that's not – because, I mean, it just – I was a lonely kid. Like I said, my parents were in the middle of getting divorced. Uh, My mom was having to work two jobs, so I I was a latchkey kid, you know. And it just like – and I think that predators, they spot that. They can see a vulnerable kid. It's crazy how many people in my – go ahead.
4: So I have a question for you because uh, when Michael died – Robeson wrote a beautiful eulogy about him. Mm-hmm. Now, at this point, Michael's dead. Uh, he's 20, uh, 27 you know, years old, so he's an adult. Michael's yeah. dead. Why would he then still defend the man that he is now saying he definitely was, did mess with him? He was, he
1: was in, in love. survival mode. Well, and he was also in love with s- Michael Jackson. Oh, he okay. had started oh, he yeah. hadn't started processing.
3: He hadn't processed okay. it. It was when he started to have that major breakdown. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that also, and this is the difference, I think, between Wade and James is I'm watching Wade's choreography and his Mm -hmm. dancing. And it's very violent. It's very fiery. Yeah. And it's Mm -hmm. like he is exercising, like XO, exercising, Mm -hmm. like his demons through this furious movement and through his art. Mm -hmm. Um, But there came a point where his art became his job uh, when he was on tour and that's when he had his breakdown because like, n- you know, I feel like it was like, it just was, became untenable. The secrets were too big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, uh, well, if but, you, cause it's amazing what you can compress in your mind and tell yourself is okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I mean like I knew I had been, I see it's, I didn't really come into turning around and calling my molester a molester until I was 36 until 2006 when Mark Foley got busted.
2: Wow. Okay.
3: Um, up to that point, I had always believed that it was my fault. My, he told me that I was sexually, uh, what's the word, sort of precocious, yeah. and that mm-hmm. he was helping me like, mm-hmm. work through these urges so that predators wouldn't take advantage of me. Yeah, mm-hmm. wow. And, I mean, and that's a hell of a mind fuck. For do you 11, think,
1: 11, let like, me ask 12-year-old. you this, uh, T-Rex, uh, um, and you were talking about, like, what do we do? How do we warn children? And, and I wonder if, if removing some of the stigma of discussing sexuality in general... Uh, yes. Would help, like, and I'm mm-hmm. not talking. And I'm not talking about disguising sexual terms in pee pee and wee wee and those kind of things. I'm talking about using legitimate terms for the anatomy and having an open conversation about sexuality with with children. And even though, and then the, the question though arises: I, Do do they even understand at that level? And sometimes I believe they actually do. I think kids uh, understand more than we give them credit for. Do you think that that might be a possible solution for how you? Uh, begin to educate kids before something like I this happens?
3: So. I, also, I mean, not to sow distrust in them of their neighbors and friends and family, but yeah. we talk about strangers and I like, you know, we get like draw a stranger for me, kid, yeah. you know, and a stranger has like a dark hat right. you know, and a heavy coat. And I'm like, you know, yeah. strangers can look like anybody else. And like Michael Jackson. I, it, um, mm-hmm. Well, you can um, look
4: like your best friend, like was a priest.
3: That's the one thing about Michael Jackson. and then when they started showing video and pictures of him, you know from the early 80's, I forgot how dazzling he was physically looking. Mm-hmm. yeah you know because I remember just the gradual wasting away and the necrotic nose and the whole yeah just uh but like I mean, he was like this glowing presence, you know, just mm-hmm. in like casual. I mean,
1: uh, yeah. Can God. you imagine, like, in the middle of the night, waking up in the middle of the night? You're you're sleeping in Michael Jackson's bed. You wake up in the middle of the night. You hear a sobbing noise, and you look into the corner, and there's this figure huddled up in the fetal position in the corner, sobbing. And it's because Michael you're leaving. And it's yeah, because you're leaving. And it's Michael Jackson. And in fact, Wade said, you know, in his seven year old mind, because he was seven when he saw this, when he witnessed this thing in the middle of the night. <sighs> And he thought that Michael Jackson was going to transform into the Wolfman from the thriller video. That's mm-hmm. what that's what his – so that gives you a, a glimpse into uh, a child's mind, how a child is perceiving this tremendously um, bizarre scenario with uh, a worldwide – the king of pop, for God's sake, is in the corner crying, and this is also the character who was in the th- – Thriller video and you don't know What the hell's happening next if you Mm -hmm. If you're of that mindset that This guy can transform into the Wolfman Um, Of course, you're at a level where you will believe any lie, any manipulation, Mm -hmm. if it's coming from someone who is friendly, who you idolize, who has seducted you into uh, his orbit and and, and into this magical world of Neverland with the rides and everything. It Mm -hmm. seems so insidious to me. Um, it's And as a music lover, it, it, it's really going to be challenging for me for, to ever hear one of his songs again. And I was never abused. I can't even imagine. i never liked
3: his music, incidentally. Yeah. Oh, I loved his music, and I, still- I was very much in the Prince camp yeah. in the '80s. Was- <laughs> well, I'm still Michael in the Jackson's Prince music, camp it too. It just had yeah. zero emotional resonance to me. <laughs> it was just too mor. It was too pop. Interesting. Like Thriller came out. Like the day Thriller came out, I'm pretty sure was the day I bought Big Science by Laurie yeah. Anderson.
1: Mm. <laughs> oh my god! So
3: that's where I was at 14, you know, or 13. Yeah, Um, it's like the the Chris
1: Chris Rock Rock, Chris Rock joke where he said, uh, you know, that uh, that battle between who was cooler, Michael Jackson or Prince? He goes, Prince won. Prince won. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Prince won that. So funny. So funny. All right. You know what? I want to take a a, 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 the last break here, and there's still one political thing that I want to talk about, because this is a serious, (laughs) important issue.
4: Really? No more child abuse? Come on, Bob. Sorry.
1: Yeah, no. (laughs) I'm sorry. No more child abuse. I I want to talk about this conservative pack that's creating fake news sites, and these are really insidious. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah, this is a big Snopes investigation. We're going to get into that right after these words.
4: Friends of Romans, of Bubbleheads, lend me your tubs. We come to banish dirt, not to raise it. The evil that some soaps do lives after them. Their good is oft washed down the drain. So let it not be with Bubble Genius. It's the Ides of March, and Bubble Genius celebrates our world's rich history this March 15th, aka the day the world said, see you later, Caesar, with our blood bath bubble bath. Have your own worldly wash in our bubbly, sweet-smelling bubble bath, without all that bother of doing anyone in. So toss on a toga, lay on your laurel, and bubble down with us. Bloodbath by Bubble Genius, the home of natural and fun bath and body products. Beware the Ides of surfactants. Only at bubblegenius.com. I'm Mark Antony, and I approve this message. Bob Seska.
0: This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com.
1: Okay, it's our big Thursday show. Needs- <laughs> no. No, no, I'm going to have a hard time playing uh, Michael Jackson music after. I mean, I I knew about all of the charges. I mean, I was aware of what was going on with Michael Jackson. But um, watching that uh, two-part documentary on HBO, I was just like, oh, my God, I can't do it. Can't do it. I can't get James Safechuck's eyes out of my mind. Yeah. Oh my god. It's just, it's just the Oprah, the Oprah special. I wanted to reach into the TV. I said this about uh, Bohemian Rhapsody too, but I, I wanted to reach into the TV and give James Safechuck a fucking hug and like just the say, biggest
3: hug ever and be like, "It's okay now. No one can hurt you." Exactly. I want to I,
1: I just can't wait until he can be happy again. I mean, that's what Kimberly and I were talking about uh, last night as we watched the Oprah thing. It's just like this—the look of utter. Sadness and devastation on his face was just telegraphing through the television into like as a direct IV line into your heart muscle. I mean, that's what it was like uh, seeing him last night. And uh, boy, I-, I hope he finds his happiness. I hope one of these days he can actually uh, move on with his life. He's got a wife. He's got a son. He
3: sure seems to have nailed it on the yeah. wife you know, question, though. Like, yeah, that's in true. Spite of everything, his judgment on that seems to have been a one because she seems really smart. Yes, and really flexible and adaptable and mm. like, she's just like, all right, I will rise to this challenge. Right. You know? Okay.
1: Um, well, I want to talk about this, uh, this Snopes thing before we wrap up and move on to the post mortem show, uh, yes, before take up too much of your time, goth ninjas. Um, <laughs> so Snopes did this, uh, this investigative report about this pack and it's called star news, digital media, Inc, or at least that's the name mm-hmm. of the front group that they're using. To create uh, all of these fake news websites to target and this is ex- this is exactly from the Snopes article to target battleground states with conservative news um, they're creating and this is the insidious part of it they're creating websites that are designed to look like local newspaper websites yeah. like like there 's a local newspaper that's created a web presence for itself and here it is and they 've got um, I think three the of them. The Tennessee
4: Star or something. Yeah, one was called the Tennessee Stars. It sounds like a legit paper. Yeah,
1: it's the Tennessee Star, the Minnesota Sun, and the Ohio Star newspaper. Um, they're almost completely authentic. They even have local weather and ads. Plus, they've got, of course, links to like Americans for Prosperity, which is the Koch group. Uh, but but I mean, and and they they're loaded with fake news designed to deceive social media users into retweeting and sharing all this stuff oh it's a real news site it looks like a local news uh a local newspaper website i can freely share this now because it must be real and that's what makes it so i mean google searches
3: conservatives are so bad at the web though we're going to have so much fun with this now that we know what the sites are yeah we can become like commenting armies I mean, it's yeah. just going to be a bloodbath. It's not, I mean, Russians yeah. are good at the web. Mm, yes, you they You know, are. they know how to do this they shit. They are. They're but the fucking American conservatives are going to bungle this up so badly. Yeah. And there are, the fact that we already know about it in advance, we are, like, ready and prepared for them. Like, I can't wait. Mm, thank God. Maybe I should apply for a job there.
1: There you go. Ooh, yeah. It's, it's Star News Digital Media. There you go. Send your resume to them. Uh, It is, uh, let's see, the three people running it are, I don't know if you recognize any of these names, uh, Jody or T-Rex. Michael Patrick Leahy. uh, I do. Steve, uh, do you you recognize that name? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, Steve Gill and Christina Boteri. They're three Tea Party connected uh, conservative operatives. Yeah, um, they are going
3: to muck this up so badly. Yeah, it's, it's w- going to be glorious.
1: When you search for those sites, the results that come up on Google uh, list them as local newspaper and unbiased, and of course they're neither of those things. They're 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 meant to deliberately. I mean, it's it's far worse than a dirty trick. I mean, this is. This is a psychological operation, is what's going on. It's, this is just right. an extension of what Russia was doing. And this has been my concern all along. They
3: couldn't on. brag on themselves. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I, my biggest concern Somebody is- Somebody's leaked about it. Yeah. I mean, when they start, when the trolls and bots start figuring out that we need to be more authentic looking in order to actually have an impact, because now, mm-hmm. now we're kind of on to them. Um, My concern is when they go that far, when they really start to embellish and and make themselves into something that looks real uh, Mm -hmm. and and we're not able to weed them out of the mix, that's when it becomes especially dangerous. And that's what they're doing here with these sites that look like local newspapers. It's crazy. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Snopes also reported that across the political spectrum, according to a 2017 Pew uh, study, local news is considered more trustworthy than other more national sources. It is perhaps that reason that an estimated 30% of all links pushed by the Russian troll farm, the internet research agency, during the 2016 presidential election, were to stories on local news websites. In some cases, these Russian imposters created their own fake local news sites. That is uh, terrifying. And I can only imagine what it's going to look like four years from now. I guess I shouldn't be putting the cart before the horse, but... uh, No, I think
3: this is going to be a a giant clusterfuck. It's going to be hilarious. Yeah, Because we know about it already. Like, if they had managed to sneak them in Mm -hmm. without anybody knowing a Tennessee star was a funny website, it would be a whole different story. Because they're American conservatives. They're stupid as fuck. And they were like, (laughs) I'm going to go brag about this to somebody. And somebody leaked to somebody. (laughs) And now we know it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's I mean again, you go back to the thesis of stupid watergate. They mm. but once they I mean my concern is once they figure out that they're being stupid, then they're going to k- close that loophole and they're going to get better and better at closing their little no. tells and things like that.
3: No, they they, they <clears throat> like they still have not figured out with AOC. Yeah. Yeah. She's catnip to them. It's just like it's actually more like crack. It's like something yeah. that makes them feel amazing, but it just sickens them and makes them weaker because they just are like I mean, they're like, the New York Post is like, she rode in a car! Yeah. yeah. She has
2: a mother!
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like... Yeah. It I, cracks me up. I mean, they're trying so hard to find some angle to prove that she is, like, somehow illegitimate. Yeah. Or not, yeah. you know, an actual... like. And it's just, they're the problem is that she's real. Yeah. And you can't, like... Uh, they're and, so used to being phony and the people on their side being constant liars mm-hmm. that they're like, she must be a liar because we are. Well, the amazing mm-hmm. thing is,
1: is that the truth is, is that she's not stupid. She's not an idiot. She's actually kind of smart and savvy. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and I think her uh, her questioning of Michael Cohen certainly um, yeah. uh, telegraphed that. or certainly illustrated that uh, that observation. But I think one of the things that we often forget is that Yeah, these fake sites are being created, and yeah, Russia's going to amp up its attacks. I mean, Chris Ray was saying the other day, the FBI director, that uh, you know, the active measures have continued unabated, coming out of China, coming out of North Korea, coming out of Russia, of course, uh, Mm -hmm. coming out of Iran as well. And in fact, some in some cases they're going to be teaming up, but the fact is is that they can't be successful if we're not accomplices. And the problem with 2016 was. Uh, Jody, did, I mean, w- we all observe this that uh, that there were millions of people who actually unwittingly helped Russia attack the United States through social media using all of the uh, retweeting of the memes and so on. Don't you think? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I uh, love
3: that. That's the Russian way. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I feel you like you can carry out a propaganda ad- ad- operation with an unwitting yeah. actor you've a plus that is like Kremlin gold.
1: Well, I should say I, I wrote a whole piece about this for the banter newsletter. I'm going to be posting it on Facebook later today. But what I included with this news from Sto- Snopes is uh, a series of five tips for how to spot fake news. And uh, you're gonna to have to get the uh, the newsletter to do that. I'll be posting it on my Facebook page, as I said, uh, later on today. But uh, just for my observations, what, what are some of the things I've noticed when I've when I've caught fake news in my Facebook feed and and quite honestly, I, I caught a couple of people who I otherwise love, uh, you know, Facebook friends circulating fake news in the just the past two days alone. And I just like, Oh, God, stop. Stop doing this. Just look, look at the link. If you see, if you see an article, and it's a, like a disreputable, odd, unrecognizable domain name, and you go to that article, if there are no links to the original source, then it's right. probably a fake article. I right. mean, there or are they,
4: or they link back to their own
3: reporting
1: yeah, exactly right. they like <laughs> that's one of the uh, I mean that's
3: I just think so many people jack stuff they share it before they've read the article. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like they attack your headline before they've read the piece.
1: Right, because it's so easy to do that. The The easy knee-jerk like, thing to do is to just click share without thinking, oh, maybe I should double-check this first. And, uh, and it especially happens that way on Twitter. But Facebook is the one that generates more traffic than Twitter as far as outside links. And so that's where I think you see a lot of the viral spreading of these fake news articles that that's done without thought. And I think there needs... You know, I, I presented these tips, and I'm like... Well, people are going to go, oh, that's a lot of effort, Bob. Why do I want to put in all that effort to weed out fake news? Well, we have to put in the effort. Otherwise, it's a fake news bonanza and we can never recover from that. I mean, we're talking about democracy being at stake here. This isn't just. I feel a- like
3: we got caught up in that operation too by continually repeating the things that Trump said. A friend of mine, whose dad has owns a franchise of like Wendy's restaurants, mm-hmm. says that you know when you drive by the sign and it's got a major spelling error on it that you're like, oh goddamn it, the world is going to hell. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, baked potato with an e on it or something, and right. uh, but you've just driven by a Wendy's and gone, ooh, a baked potato. Yeah, well, I mean, right. like it's, it makes it. More apt to lodge in your mind, and like just the whole way that, like, all through twenty sixteen, and ever since, we've been running around screaming, "Can you believe he said that?" You know, we yeah. just repeated what he said. Right,
1: right. right. I, I think the only problem there is, and obviously, I think we should, uh, w- we should talk about Trump's words because I think Trump, the, the words, I mean, the words of Donald Trump as the host of the Celebrity Apprentice don't really fucking matter at all. The the words of Donald Trump while he's sitting in the Oval Office tweeting. Mm-hmm. That matters a lot, and yeah, and but does. what we have to do is is be I just discerning, think we make I, of his appearance. Well, I'm just saying that. <laughs> I mean, we. Oh yeah, that's true too. That's a lot of fun, but uh, the fact is that uh, we have to be discerning too. Not every Donald Trump tweet is breaking, you know, breaking news uh, above the right. fold, the screamer banner headline news. Um, but some things are, and I think those things right. should continue mm-hmm. to be reported on and continue to be dissected because what we're talking about is the mental condition, a, a, a an outcropping of the mental condition of the president who has the nuclear codes in his pocket and is he leading us toward this place where he's going to snap and start firing rockets i mean that's just my, that's my biggest concern because this is a guy mm-hmm. who's only being protected by the office of the presidency. Uh, Now, and that's the only thing keeping him out of federal prison, quite honestly. And so he is going to do... And the
3: SDNY may not even care about that.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, he is going to do whatever he has to do uh, using the the levers of power at his disposal to keep himself out of federal prison. And my concern is Mm -hmm. anything goes. And so monitoring his mental state by seeing how badly he's going to... Destroy the whole notion of being presidential. I think that's a pretty good indicator of uh, of where he is psychologically. So, I mean, that's I, that's well, why I think let it's me just
3: suggest a, a moderation plan. That just, yeah. You know how they're like one day a week you're vegetarian? Like, <laughs> right? maybe like one yeah. in every six Trump outrage stories, you mm-hmm. just stop and oh, put yeah. it down yeah. and put up a success story about AOC or yep. Nancy Pelosi or something instead and get our narratives out there? Yeah. Because um, to me, just like a huge part of like he dictates the native the narrative by keeping us talking about him. Yeah, but then, uh, then and again, we are. Totally are right that we need to keep an eye on him. Yeah. And part of what I'm freaked out about, and you got my frantic, I was, you know, emails when I messages when i was listening to the tuesday show that i was like it's already too late we're moving too slow he's gonna <laughs> you know because because really because the russians have like anticipated every weakness in the system before we did like mm-hmm. that whole thing with the court filing where they were like oh i think it was uh dira mm-hmm. getting sued and they used that uh they got. They wrote that completely just ridiculous brief that everybody made fun of because yeah. they quoted cartoon characters and comics. You know the case I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. But what I the whole that. thing was actually about mm-hmm. was then getting access to Mueller's discovery, right? Which they then took, altered slightly, and put on the web mm-hmm. as, st- as leaked documents from Mueller that were actually disinformation. Yeah. So like, and that they took advantage of the American system process of discovery, which is a legal right. Mm-hmm. And I just I I feel like. The fact that it's taking so long for anyone to do anything about Trump Mm. is exactly what they want. And I just like, that's what freaks me out. I feel like we need to get Malcolm Nance on the phone and be like, Malcolm, (laughs) do something.
0: Hold the fire alarm. Oh, yeah. I mean,
1: if you want Malcolm Nance, you better be prepared to panic because, I mean, he's telling it like it is on that front. And and I I so totally, it's like my, it's like Alex Trebek. Malcolm Nance is our personal Alex Trebek. He's giving it to us straight (laughs) in a way. Oh, then again, Trebek was a little bit more soothing. I think, with his presentation uh, than Malcolm usually is. But, you know, still, same same, uh, same endgame and all that. All right, you know, I want to talk about, Lawrence O'Donnell had an interesting analysis about the checks that Donald Trump cut to Michael Cohen, uh, some of which came from the Oval Office, by the way. I just want to make sure that's perfectly underscored, that Donald Trump is paying off porn stars from the Oval Office. The Family Values Party, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Um, I'll talk about that coming up here on the post Show. We're going to do an abbreviated post Show because we're now... I don't know, an hour and 20 minutes into the free show. So we've gone on a long, long time, and that's okay. But uh, uh, I I don't want to keep Jody and and T-Rex throughout the entire Thursday. Uh, Okay, so postmortem show coming up next. T-Rex, you can listen to T-Rex's podcast at patreon.com slash the T-Rex report. Jody Hamilton can be heard at from-the-bunker.com. That is her podcast, From the Bunker. And also on Twitter at fromthebunkerjr.com. Um, and you can listen to Jody Hamilton every Tuesday on the Stephanie Miller Show at stephaniemiller.com. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Kimberly. Let me talk my
0: book. Yeah. I, oh I'm yeah. It, a book. By the way, yeah.
3: Widowmaker. Yes. The chapters. Of, of- chapter
1: of uh, 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 T Rex's book is up on uh, uh, what is it? patreon.com slash the T Rex Report.
3: It's, it's for subscribers only. Perfect. All, you know, a dollar a month is nothing. You'll barely feel it. I there swear. you go. And I think it's pretty good. We're on chapter five now.
1: Everyone can afford twelve dollars a year. I swear to God. Yeah. All right. Kimberly Johnson's at patreon.com slash start me up. The post-mortem show is next. We'll see you over at bobseskashow.com. Take care, folks. Bye-bye.